You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome to another episode of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Anthony Marino, happy to be here with you once again, talking everything Buffalo Bills and another very special guest with me on this episode, none other than Brother Bill. You've probably seen his work if you're on Twitter. A fantastic Buffalo Bills fan, Brother Bill. Happy to have you with us on the show. I appreciate you having me on here. Uh, it's a pleasure. Now, it's great. And I mean, before we get started in talking about the Bills, because I know we've got a few things to talk about, and we'll hit this at the end. But for those of our listeners, maybe that haven't seen your work yet, seen your videos that you've done on Twitter, where can they find all your stuff just to make sure they can check out all the, the great pieces you're doing? Yeah, so I got the Twitter, which is brother underscore underscore Bill. Um, I got an Instagram, which is brother underscore Bill 716. And then I have a Facebook um, page. I'm not super active on it, but I, I, I'm going to start trying to get uh, a little more involved with that one. And that's just Brother Bill, I believe. Well, and again, for anyone that's listening, whether you're on his Facebook page, Instagram, or Twitter, if you haven't seen the work that he's done, uh, having a lot of fun for Bill's fans, it's something you definitely want to check out. Let me ask you real quick. I mean, what kind of was your motivation to to get started with that? I mean, every day, it seems like you're putting out something new. Uh, the one with SpongeBob and Squidworth, I absolutely lost it. The the Rocky compilation, all of these pieces. But what kind of got you started doing these videos? Yeah, um, I was always like a a meme guy. As soon as like it's it's came onto the internet, I was I would make them about like my friends or something smaller just to get some laughs. And uh, I have like an an insane memory and uh, knowledge of like movies. Like I just have always been a movie buff. So um, when I made this page, it was just kind of something that that hit me to, I just wanted to bring like morale to, to Bill's Mafia and be like a, a positive voice and kind of hype up everything. So I made this page and um, at first I, I wasn't really, I made a few memes, but it wasn't like my, my go-to, but um, it was something that I've always done. So I was like, you know what, why don't I combine like this goofy thing that I do and like this knowledge of random pop culture that really doesn't help me out in any other way in life and uh add it to like this bills thing and i put that twist on it and and it's been really blowing up lately it's really awesome well it has been great and i do have to give credit to to bruce nolan and you know bruce our host yeah, bruce is awesome. exclusive a great guy and he's like have you seen this and i was like what are you talking about and he was like sending me a link and i was like oh my gosh this is fantastic but when i pulled up your profile I was a little bit freaked out at first because really the first thing that I saw and it was something, someone asking the question, like, what celebrity do you look like? 
and you had responded with a picture of Billy from Stranger Things. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I mean, if, if for people that have seen Stranger Things, I mean, Billy, he's this badass character, this bad guy, all these types of things. And all of a sudden I looked and I was like, oh man, you really do look like yeah. Billy from Stranger Things. So I don't know if anyone's ever told you that before. Or, yeah. you know, just one of those pieces that you recognize, but that was, uh, that was a great piece. And that was my, my first impression, I guess you could say. <laughs> It was, uh, it's funny because I'm a huge Steve Harrington guy in, in Stranger Things. So last year I didn't have the mustache and I had the long hair and I actually was Steve Harrington for Halloween. And then this year I kind of, I kind of cut my hair into more of a mullety thing and I grew the mustache and now I'm Billy. So it's like, I'm, I'm, I've been both. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right. I got one more question for you. Well, it's, it's probably a two part. I was watching your video clip of the Chargers, which again, leading into last weekend's game, I thought was great. I don't know how many cords you guys went through or phone <laughs> chargers or any of those pieces. But I, one thing I noticed in each of your videos, right, you as you get started, you put the Labats in the Keurig machine. Yep. Talk to me what the deal is with that, because I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about it. Yeah, so when I started making those videos, it started off as um, more of like an outfit reveal, like kind of how the Bills do with like the locker opening and like right. showing the helmet and the jersey. So my first couple was like me waking up, um, going into the bathroom, like showering. I'd put the shower head on. I'd put the sink on, brush my teeth, and then I'd pull out like a suit, uh, one of those suit coverings, and I'd right. have like a, a Molds jersey and like a Zubas and something ridiculous in there. And um I did that a couple times. And I was like, you know, this is kind of boring. Like after the, maybe the first time was funny, but after that, it was kind of boring. And uh, we lost two in a row, and I did it. And I was like, I got to do something more. Like I gotta, I can't keep doing the same thing when we're losing. So I, I decided to bust out the folding table that I slept on, and um, I was just like, what's something that that Bills fans do? And uh, I've always been a Bills fan since I was five years old. That was my first game. So like, I, I'm pretty immersed in the culture. I feel like I really got like a I understand what, what Bill's Mafia is all about. And I know we love our Labatt and uh, it was early morning. So I was like, let's just mix this, this with some coffee and have me wake up with some Labatt coffee. <laughs> it's fantastic, man. It's kind of like your signature move. And from that standpoint, <laughs> um, again, I love it. So let's talk a little bit about the team right now, though. There's a few things we want to talk about. I know we want to talk a little bit about the rookies because that's something I've been meaning to do, and it's always more fun to to check in with someone else on that. But just, I guess, first, talk to me about just, right, the team sitting at 8-3, and three, getting ready for Monday night football against the 49ers. I mean, as a fan, right, like what's your overall feeling on, on how the squad has been so far in 2020? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm very happy, um, especially the last – I'm pretty much my whole like remembrance of the bills was, was not great. So this year has been like a, a breath of fresh air. Cause I, I think we started eight and three last year, but it wasn't the same. Like our, our defense was, was really good, but our offense was kind of stumbling through it. We'd have some random good games, but uh, this year the offense has been carrying it, which is something that's more, um, more vital to me, honestly. And seeing the defense improve the way it has the last few weeks has been really encouraging. And now you got Milano possibly coming back this week. Dots and getting healthy. The secondary is finally healthy for the first time. So going into this game, I'm I'm really excited. I think um, we're going to go back into where Arizona plays and have a chip on our shoulder with that bad taste in our mouth from that game. And um, 
I think our defense is going to come out. They're just getting better every week, and I think Josh is going to put up good numbers, and I, I feel good. The, the Niners are pretty banged up too, so I, I'm feeling good about this week for sure. Well, it's going to be interesting too, right? Like you said, going back to Arizona, I do think for teams, it's like when you've played someplace just a few weeks back, you're familiar with the locker room, you're familiar with the setup. I mean, I don't know. I think Sean McDermott is like a creature of habit. So at least from that standpoint, it's one less variable that changes. But one thing you said too, like it feels different at eight and three this year. Not that last year's success wasn't fun, but you know, when you're kind of struggling to score 18 points in a game to get a victory. And this year you look at it and say, okay, the offense is really clicking. I mean, sure. Some games that have been prettier than others from an offensive standpoint, but even with the game against the Chargers, people say, ah, you know, the offense didn't look that good. They still scored 27 points yeah. despite three turnovers in the fourth quarter. I mean, it, it could have been a better offensive output, but it's just a more fun eight and three, I guess you could yeah. say compared to And that's year. something I've said a few times too. It's like, if, if this year, like when, when Josh has a bad game, you're like, his, if his bad game is a 65% completion and 200 yards and like one touchdown, right. well, that used to be a QB's good game for the Bills, you know? <laughs> like, exactly. I'll take it. Now, one thing you talked about, you mentioned too, talking about the defense and the defense kind of making that turn. And I think uh, before we started recording, I was joking with you a little bit, like, where did you fall in the AJ Klein? saga of things I guess you would say right I mean all of a sudden at the time we're recording this earlier today he's named the AFC defensive player of the week and about a month ago we were all ready to uh to have him cut and, and never wear a Bills uniform again I mean <laughs> where did you find yourself when it came to Klein I looking back now I'm, I'm, I was definitely on the wrong side of history so <laughs> I was I was hating on him pretty hard I was making tweets I was talking talking pretty ill upon him um, I just didn't see this coming at all. Like I, he looked lost on the field those first few weeks and, and it's like tough. Cause it's like, I don't think the hate was, was necessarily wrong at the moment. Like it really was kind of deserved, but I think the coaching has figured out a better way to use them. I think they're putting them in his strengths and he's getting more comfortable and he's definitely playing his, his ass off. So well, it's we been wild. And we talked before too. I mean, right. Like, you know, we're fans of the team. We're not going to sit here and break down like what type of coverage they were in or protection right. or where he was lined up in different pieces. Um, but Joe Marino, who does locked on bills. I mean, he says he's like, the, the hate was warranted earlier in the season. Like it's not, it's not disrespectful. Like he did look lost out there. He was really struggling. And now you fast forward again. I mean, all right. AFC defensive player of the week. <laughs> we'll all take it to, to say yeah. the least. So I did want to get your impression on some of the rookies because I think that is a big piece as we go through. And obviously there's some of the guys that were drafted that, you know, haven't seen much time yet, right? I mean, Isaiah Hodgins just coming yeah. off of injured reserve. Jake Fromm is holed up in a hotel room someplace yeah. by no himself. No one knows where he is. <laughs> <laughs> right? In some yeah. underground bunker. Um, you know, Dane Jackson has played a little bit and showed some promise what he can do. But I want to focus on the guys that have, you know, seen more of the time this year. And, and again, as fans, like you always just want to get that perspective and, and go through some of these pieces. So, you know, for you, I guess I'll start with the kicker, right? I mean, Tyler Bass, I think it's one of those guys shaky early on in the season, but then you kind of fast forward a little bit. He's booming kicks over 50 yards. I mean, it seems to be a bit more confidence among fans, but you know, when you take a look at him, 
kind of share with me your thoughts as it relates to to Bass and what he brings to the team. I am a huge Bass guy. And uh, that's one thing I'll say I was never on the wrong side of history with. I, I definitely like – you got a rookie kicker. You you got to imagine he's going to struggle a little bit. It's definitely like a, a nerve wracking job more than anything. I feel like just mentally to deal with like being out there, everyone's eyes on you. And, and uh, I think if you look historically at rookie kickers, they struggle at first. So it was something that I was pretty lenient on when he, when he was struggling in the beginning. Um, and I think I tweeted it um, that Jets game when he scored every point that we had and I was like, as much as I would have loved for us to blow out the Jets, that game is going to end up being so huge for him because we depended on him the whole game. He missed a couple kicks, but he, he had to bounce back, and he did bounce back, and he single-handedly scored every single point of that game and got us to win, and I thought that was going to be huge for his confidence. And I think ever since then, he's been lights out. Like, I think he's, he's only missed one, and wasn't it like a 63-yard yeah. something before half that, I mean, was just a – Hey, take a shot with it. Right. And, you know, that would be great. But, you know, it's funny because you go through with it and you think back to last season. And so all of Bills fans, right? You, you love Steven Hauschka. I mean, he was a good face of the organization, active in the community. His, you know, his wife was interacting with Bills fans online. I mean, sometimes that's just what you're looking for. But, but you knew. I mean, anything over 48 yards, they weren't really putting him out there. Yeah. And early on in the season, it was just like, man, you've got Bass missing like extra points. You've got him missing some, you know, 39-yard field goals and pieces where you're thinking like, man, is this a mistake? But, you know, he is a rookie. You know, you're, you're kind of developing. It seems like he's got the right attitude towards it. And, and again, he's been lights out as of late, and hopefully that can continue for him because, you know, when you can boom kicks over 55 yards, it's, uh, that's a nice weapon to have when you get in that type of position. I think I was the moment I was completely done with Steven Hoshka was was playoffs last year. I think it was like fourth and like twenty. It was something insane, like fourth and sixteen, and we we're in a dome, and it's like a fifty-four yarder or something in that. I don't know exactly. I just remember it was something that an NFL kicker you would probably try it at least. Right. And McDermott opted to go for it on like a fourth and something crazy long instead of attempting a 50-yard kick indoors. And I was like, you can't, like, if you can't even attempt, you can't trust the guy to attempt it. Right. It's probably not. It's probably time to move on. And like you said, he's a great dude, but I I think that's when I was kind of like, let's just get something else in here. We need need someone who can give us a shot there. No, absolutely. You know, a guy that got a lot of um, love through early on throughout training camp, we've seen flashes from him early in the season. Um, had a good game in the absence of John Brown last weekend, right? Gabriel Davis going for 79 yards, the touchdown pass that came from Cole Beasley. Um, I do think some fans getting a little bit ahead of themselves of like, well, they can cut John Brown next year and save this money. But, you know, Gabriel Davis is um, someone that's still developing, adding that size. You know, where have you kind of fallen with him? Because he was certainly that darling early on in the season, especially in that week two victory over the Miami Dolphins. I was excited with him on draft day. I don't watch a lot of college football, but I remember like we drafted him. He was like six three, six four, and I was like, okay. And you, you, look, I looked up his stats, and they were like really good. And I was kind of like, well, how did this guy drop so far? There must be something I don't know. And then, like you said, training camp, he's like going all out. Everyone's talking him, talking him up, and uh, he's been really good. And I think this is the first time like we've drafted a receiver and didn't need him to be like 
a star. Like we've always put that pressure on a receiver. I feel like, like as far as I can remember, we draft these guys and like, yeah, like they when Zay Jones came in, right? Yeah, like, it was like, hey, Zay Jones, second round pick, 150 catches at East Carolina, and all of a sudden it's like you're expecting him to be a number one wide right. receiver. And Davis can come in and be number four and just yep. whatever he does is great. And he and he's like like you you can't ask for much more out of like a fourth round rookie than what he's done. He's had a few drops, but he's looked really good and I'm excited that we didn't have to just throw him into like a wide receiver one, wide receiver two role and put him in that pressure situation to maybe ruin him. So that's been really good. But like you said, I'm not ready to get rid of John Brown. I saw that yesterday too. And I was like, do you see this offense when, when all four of them are on the field, it's, it's insane. And we haven't had it a ton, but when we do, it's, it's lights out. And I think we got to keep that for sure. Well, and just because he is a little banged up and, Greg Thompson was on the podcast with me earlier. He's like, you know, there's some things the Bills can do to restructure his contract right. a little bit, add another year to it, like maybe lower his cap hit for next year if you want to free up money for, a, you know, a Matt Milano or a John Feliciano or whatever you need yeah. to do. But don't get like, you know, so caught up and just, oh, you can save $8 million, so let's cut him. Um, you know, that's kind of the easy take to go with this, but I don't think anyone wants to see him gone at this yeah. time because the defense is – is forced to cover him. And again, it's like pick your poison a little bit. Yeah. And if we didn't uh, cut Trent Murphy for those purposes, I think we definitely shouldn't cut John Brown for it <laughs> to save a few mil. <laughs> that, I mean, it's so funny too, right? Cause you, and not to digress on that, but like you think the Trent Murphy piece, so many fans were just like, you know, they're, they're going to cut him before the start of the season, right? Like you can save $8 million. You can roll it over. You can use it. And maybe because things with training camp, I don't know. It was just like you, you have Jerry Hughes, you have Mario Addison. You know, you can work in Johnson and Epinesa a little bit. But, you know, in, in hindsight, I mean, here he is being a, you know, a healthy scratch multiple times this past yeah. weekend even. And it's just you don't want to say like his fans, you, you know, that we know more than what the coaches or the front <laughs> office. But this is one where it seems like we got that right. Yeah, definitely. So why don't we transition to the guy that is um, taking the snaps from Murphy right now? And he was the second round pick, AJ Epinesa, right? I mean, here's a guy I thought maybe the Bills would target at number 22. They make the Stefan Diggs trade. Um, he has a, a rough combine, right? As far as some of his numbers go, falls to the second round. He was inactive early in the season, but playing more and more each week. I like what I've seen from him so far. Some of those like, hustle plays that he makes but yeah. you know what are your thoughts on Epinesa so far I think he's been a little disappointing just for like uh what I think what we expected especially like you said I remember hearing him being like oh he, he should have been a first rounder so like you get even more excited and um I'm not mad about it it's almost like the role switch where like with the receiver so we needed a receiver so we draft a guy and he had to jump right in yeah. And usually it could be the opposite for defense. Like we could have let guys kind of work their way in. And this year's we needed a DN. Like we needed one and he wasn't really that ready yet. And now I think he's starting to come along. Like you said, he's had those hustle plays where you see his motor, you see how athletic he is and it gets me excited. And I think he's coming along now and hopefully it just keeps getting better. But um, he definitely hasn't been as effective right off the bat as I thought, but like, I'm still excited about him. I think especially with how he's played lately. Well, and I think it's one of those pieces too, right? And you look at it and, and I think for 
for us, it's like you're, you're so used to, similar to what you said with Gabe Davis, right? Like you draft someone and you need them to come in and have an impact. And it's like, well, you can play behind Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison and to an extent Trent Murphy, right? And those guys are all 30 years of age and older. Like eventually you're going to need to replace them and probably not with someone on a big contract. So you can see how that works from that standpoint. But, but yeah, right. You look at a class and say, well, maybe your second round pick is having less of an impact, right. Then certainly you're a, you know, a fourth rounder like Davis, a sixth rounder like Tyler Bass. But um, I've at least been happy to see the progression because it's like, all right, you know, your rookie year, if you've got kind of things clicking down the stretch, you know, that'll be fine because that makes him a little bit of an X factor. Definitely. So the last rookie to touch base on, and I saved him for last because I think, uh, again, right, was kind of a, a, a darling of, of fans, not just the fans of the Buffalo Bills, but when you think of um, fantasy football circles, right, early on when the Bills drafted Zach Moss, I think a lot of the experts thinking that this was a guy that was going to come in and have an immediate impact. Um, certainly battled injuries early on, which kept him in a limited role, kept him inactive for a few games. But now as you look at Moss, it's almost like, okay, he he doesn't have some of the ball security issues that it seems that Singletary has, right? Like what could have been a killer fumble from, from Devin in the game against the Chargers. Um, I mean, is Zach Moss the running back one for the Bills right now in your mind? I think so. And it, it's tough to say because I do like Singletary. And he was actually having a, a good game up to that fumble which really sucked because, like, I, I was really enjoying watching him play how we saw him play last year. But Moss looks good. He's coming. He's kind of the same way, too. I feel like he started a little slow and he got banged up. But uh, he's definitely filling that role. He's running tougher as the season goes on. It looks like he's getting a little more aggressive with his runs. And um, I'm excited for him, definitely. I, I was a little, like, when we drafted him, it was kind of – a weird feeling for me because I, I did think he was good and I was excited, but him and Singletary are similar in different ways where like, they're not going to have game breaking speed or, right. or really bust a long one on you. And I do think we kind of need that with a, when you have a quarterback like Josh who are going to throw most of the game to have a running back who could just randomly take a screen or a, a run 60 yards. That's, that's vital. So I hope we do kind of add something like that in the future, but I'm happy with, with Moss's play so far for sure. Yeah, and definitely does not have that breakaway speed. Like you said, a little bit more of a bruiser than Singletary, who's a more of a slippery back. But I guess you would say, uh, you know, one thing I've been encouraged by with both of them, but especially with Moss, like, and you mentioned, setting them up in the screen game, it's just like, okay, you know, you're putting the team in a position, um, especially for a quarterback like Allen, right? I mean, and everyone would talk about accuracy issues and this and that. Like, you know, you can have that little dump off in the screen game they're setting things up and it gives the guys an opportunity to, to really kind of make something happen with those yards after the catch. And we didn't see that last year, right? We always thought that would be something that would have helped Josh Allen and the offense. And again, him as a young quarterback, but for me, that's been a, a piece that has kind of been a, a nice addition, I guess you could say to the game. So let me, ask, let me ask you one more, one more question. I mean, we've talked about Josh Allen, enough here but right I mean you talk about your lifetime as a Bills fan and the struggles that you've gone through I mean when you take a look at him I mean if you had to say Josh Allen 
franchise quarterback for the Bills, yes or no, extend him to a, a you know, with the contract, fifth year extension, all of these pieces. Where does he fall for you in, in kind of that, you know, realm of, of Bills quarterbacks? 100% extend him. I, I, I love Josh Allen. I think it was honestly his rookie year, even when he was like so raw and wasn't really good yet, he still like brought something that I had never felt my lifetime as I'm only 26. So I was mostly the whole, the whole drought was like my childhood and teenage years and early twenties. And just like the way he played was you almost felt like he could get you down the field at any time, even that year, whether it was his legs or a a big play. And I never felt that. Honestly, I think Drew Bledsoe was around when I was really young. I was like six. I was going to say, you're 26 years old. Yeah. One, I'm feeling old having this conversation. <laughs> two, um, but I get where you're coming from with that. So I, and just to see how he's progressed, like he was drafted as a, a clean slated, like a build up quarterback. Like that was supposed to take time. And I think how fast he's progressed is just like almost alarming in a good way. Like he's come a long way really quick. Well, and you and, think about it, right? I mean, because he had fourth quarter comebacks last year. And we would see things, but in many situations, you would look at it and would be like a comeback where he's getting you into field goal range. Right now, this year, even thinking back a couple weeks ago, and I know it's painful to talk about the (laughs) Cardinals game, the way that ended. And I talked with some of the guys earlier about it, but it's like they had the ball and my wife were watching the game and she says, all right, well, they're in field goal range. And I'm like, no, you're not playing for a field goal. It's like you're going down to score a touchdown and win the game. And it was just like having that supreme confidence in Josh Allen, not that like, oh yeah, getting into field goal range and that's good enough, but that he was going to score a touchdown. And literally, you know, two plays later, it's the strike to digs in the end zone. I mean, you're thinking to yourself, the game is over. So again, aside from what happened with, you know, after that, which we won't go into, but, you know, for him and again, his fans to just be like, this is the guy that can make those plays. Um, it's a different kind of feeling, whether you're 26 or older, like I am. You, know <laughs> I mean? like, you really haven't seen that in such a, a long period of time, and it does make this season certainly a lot of fun. And I think you could see the difference even with, like, McDermott coaching where he was really – Bruce Nolan talks about this a lot, like how things can change, and he was really ten- – like – playing for the field goal I feel like a lot even last year I remember just being like dude let's just try to get down the field before half or go for the the touchdown at the end of the game and you could see that he wasn't truly trusting Josh yet and now it's total flip of the script like he is he's giving the keys and I completely agree with you there too and it's like you know there's different things again when guys will look at the analytics like you know McDermott's pretty aggressive on going for it on fourth and short or in certain situations, like, especially if, you know, you're around the 50 yard line and, you know, we've seen those plays, right. You even think back to the, you know, Allen's run after the fumbled snap against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving day last year. But I completely agree with you. Like just feeling that, you know, for Dable, it's a little bit more of opening up the offense, putting them in a position to, you know, I don't want to say just air things out, but like, you know, to take some of those shots. I mean, even last weekend, you look at it, that opening drive, like, hey, we're going to take a shot to Diggs, pass interference, get the ball at the one, two plays later. 
Um, and you're a Diggs guy, right? I think I remember I one of your tweets. I mean, just talk to me about the difference that he makes too, because you remember when they made the trade for him, like there was certainly some scrutiny because it was like, well, did they overpay? Will Diggs be happy? Of course, it happens on the same day where like the Cardinals completely fleece the Texans for um, for DeAndre Hopkins. So it's like, but but I know you're a Diggs guy, so I I you know I'd be doing a disservice if I didn't give you a chance to kind of you know talk about him for a bit. Diggs has been my before he was here. He was my favorite non-Bill in the league. Like I loved his swag. I loved how he played. Um, so when we traded for him, I, at first I like didn't believe, I was like, no way, like this has to be wrong. Cause the bills don't make moves like this my whole life. So, um, I didn't, I wasn't sure to believe it. And when it came true, I was just like, wow, like this is amazing. And, uh, like, I know some people were mad about his contract and like, it's really not even that bad. Like he's 27, just turned 27 last Sunday. So he's in his prime and he's making not an insane amount of money for the type of player. He's a top three receiver right now. So it's been amazing. I think you kind of bought into what you heard from Vikings fans or media that he was a diva and a lot of receivers are, but I haven't seen it at all. And I think that was my most worry was like, maybe Josh won't, won't give him the ball enough. Maybe we'll have like a Trent Edwards TO situation again, where like, he's just not even throwing them the ball and we're going to have some drama and, and he might ruin Josh's like, mental uh, like confidence and they have they seem like their best friends which is awesome um and they're playing so well together and he's been everything we could ask for he's the best receiver i've seen since eric molds really no absolutely and, and you know and it's i try i try not to like lose my mind during games right like you my kids will make fun of me i'll pace back and forth different things but the other day, it's like you go through the first half, you know, again, they take the the shot on the bomb on the first drive. They draw the pass interference. And then it seemed like they weren't even looking at him in the first half. And it's one of those pieces, and, and not even just with him, with Cole Beasley as well. Like, those are my two guys. And you're just thinking to yourself, like, what is happening that they're not even getting targets? I mean, for Diggs not to get a target throughout the first half, and uh, and then you come out at halftime, and it was almost like nine second half targets, seven receptions. I know it wasn't for a lot of yards, but you know, even if you're getting some of those six and seven yard completions just to keep things going, and it's like I think for any wide receiver, as long as they're getting targets and the ability to yeah. to make a catch, that's what they're looking for. And I mean, right now, Diggs is in the top three in the NFL in in targets on the season. So, you know. I think Josh knows what's up. He knows that he's got a, a special weapon and it's like, Hey, let's get him the ball because he's going to make plays. And I think that's one of the crazier things from my experience with Diggs is like, there's times where I'm watching the game and I'm sitting there like, I feel like Diggs hasn't been taught. Like where's Diggs been? And then I look at his stat and he's got like six catches for 48 yards. You know what I mean? Like, and that used oh, yeah. to be like our receiver's best day. I feel like was like, if Jay Jones had six catches for 48 yards, we're like, oh, maybe he's turned the corner. And that's like a quiet day for Diggs, which is so new for me to feel. It's it's awesome. I mean, you think back two years ago, right? I mean, the 2018 season. So it's three seasons ago, but right on the calendar, literally two years ago. Jeremy Curley, Andre Holmes, and Calvin Benjamin is who the Bills would roll out there as their starting wide receivers. 
And now here we are again, right? You talk about a Gabriel Davis can be wide receiver number four, but I mean, you got Brown, Beasley, Diggs, you know, you can throw Isaiah McKenzie in there for different jet sweeps and things that he brings to the table. It's, uh, it's exciting to see that wide receiver core is a big part of this season. Definitely. Like, like you said, that is, it's such a 180 from, from what we had. It's, it's insane. So as we go through again, this podcast, right, will be coming out on, on Sunday before the game against San Francisco. You think down this stretch, why don't you just tell me before we wrap up your expectations for the rest of the season? How do you see the Bills finishing this year? I mean, kind of where do you stand? It sounds crazy to say, and I'm, and I'm not saying I expect it, but I can look at this schedule and and not see it be crazy that we can win every game. Like, I really believe that. And I think the Steelers is probably the biggest test, but they have been kind of lackluster. Like, they're squeaking out these wins. And I kind of keep, I kind of hope it keeps going. Like I hope we go into that game and they're undefeated, because I think it'll it'll bode well for us national media wise and for them maybe taking it a little easier. Because I think we can really, really uh, take advantage of them. Like I don't think they're as good as their record their record shows. But um, I'd say maybe I'd say for me I expect like one more loss. I really could see us going. Um, like four losses and and 12 and 12 and what is it 12 and four then 12 and four so i could see that um, I, I think a lot of fans can see that too i mean i think you take a look at the team and what they've been able to do i mean you know you might trip up in one spot but i mean heck if they come out of this with the afc east championship i mean it's another step in the right direction yeah. you know once you get to the playoffs i mean anything can happen there too definitely so Brother Bill, before we go again, why don't you tell everyone where they can find all your great work because I think it's something they'll definitely want to check out is you're just coming out with more and more great content, it seems like, each and every day. Yeah, so uh, Twitter, which is where I'm most active, I would say, is at brother underscore underscore Bill. Um, Instagram is brother underscore Bill 716. And Facebook is just brother Bill. It's a brother Bill page. Well, listen, man, I'm, I'm glad that you could join me on the show today. It's great to see um, kind of your profile amongst Bill's fans really uh, blowing up in so many ways because it's uh, it brings a, a positive energy to the Bill's mafia. And, you know, sometimes the mafia can get a little bit down if after a loss or even if the win isn't as pretty as they'd like it to be. So being one of those positive guys out there, just know that we appreciate everything you're doing. Yeah, that's why I started it, honestly. It was, it was trying to be like a, a morale booster for no matter what happened. I was going to try to brighten a day or, or make someone laugh or flip the script somehow. So I really appreciate you having me too. This is, this is awesome. No, anytime. We'll have to do it again sometime. And for everybody tuning in and listening to the show, appreciate you guys always checking us out here at buffalorumblings.com. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you can get all of our great shows. And uh, Brother Bill, we'll have to do this again sometime, man. Yes, I look forward to it. All right. Take care, everyone. And as always, go Bills. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. 
You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.